earlier this month, at Susie Susan tweeted, after downloading the NPR One app, after being told to for the thousandth time by an NPR podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hashtag insert shame face here. So don't wait like Susie did and be embarrassed. Just go to NPR One, download it, and listen to all your favorite podcasts and news stories. NPR One is ready to make driving, cleaning the house, or your post-holiday escape that much better. So check out NPR One on your app store today. Now, before we start, I just want to say Happy New Year to everyone. Also, thanks for listening to The Big Listen. If you love the show or just have very warm feelings towards us, please leave us a review on iTunes. Seriously, it helps other people just like you, very attractive listeners, find the show. So thanks so much. Now, let's start the show. It's holiday time in America, and that means a lot of people are going to be spending a lot of time in their cars, and the roads will be pretty clogged. Plus, of course, it's winter, the roads are crap, and the odds of piling your truck into a ditch are considerably higher. That Debbie Downer is my pal Buck Ballard. He's a trucker in Wisconsin. He hauls paper products all over the Midwest. Rolls of paper, finished paper products, napkins, paper towels, paper plates, that kind of stuff. Buck's son Don is also a trucker. His load is a little more fun than Buck's. He hauls beer. I pull up. It doesn't matter if it's 6 in the morning or 8 o'clock at night. Everybody's excited to see the beer guy. You know, hey, the beer guy's here. <laughs> anyway, these guys are on the road a lot. And you know what being on the road a lot means? It means a lot of time to listen to podcasts. I don't find myself listening uh, really to terrestrial radio very often at all anymore. But for Buck and Don, listening to a lot of podcasts actually inspired them to make their own. This is the Trucking Podcast, episode 161. I'm Lauren Ober, and from WAMU and NPR, this is The Big Listen, the broadcast about podcasts. Each week on The Big Listen, we introduce you to podcasts you might not have ever heard of, and we give you the inside scoop on shows you already love. This week, we're going to take one last listen to some of our favorite shows of 2016 and get a glimpse of what's coming in 2017. Now, Buck and Don, father-son podcasting slash trucker super duo, started their podcast as a way to have some family bonding time. And of course, like so many great ideas, this one was attributed to mom. It was actually my wife's idea, why don't you do something with Don? And then the little light bulb went off, a phone call to Don, and the trucking podcast was born. And then, uh, and, and you know, the funny thing is we've actually talked about just walking away from trucking altogether and just being, I don't know, two beers with Buck and Don, two guys in the man cave, whatever. And, you know, so many of the man show stuff are, uh, you know, how stupid men can be and, and uh, you know, maybe go beyond that and, you know, strike into that little cowboy spirit that's within all of us. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, giddy up. Go for it. We're going to hear more from Buck and Don later in the show about the trucking podcast and what they're listening to when they're in their rigs. But first... I'm excited to talk to the folks behind one of my favorite new podcasts of 2016 that could have a very big year coming in 2017. The Honorable, the Chief Justice, and the Associate Justices of the Supreme Court of the United States. Oh, yay, oh, yay. If you're up on the news, you know that the Supreme Court is very hot right now. 
There was the death earlier in the year of ultra-conservative Justice Antonin Scalia. Then the Senate stonewalling of President Obama's nominee to fill the slot. And now all the legal pundits are trying to divine who will be President-elect Trump's pick to fill the vacancy. The nation's highest court is very much in play. So this podcast couldn't come at a more perfect time. All right, let's do it. Yep. Hey, I'm Jad Abumrad. This is More Perfect, a miniseries about the Supreme Court. More Perfect is a legal spinoff of WNYC's Radio Lab. Now, unless you're Nina Totenberg, a podcast about the Supreme Court might not sound all that riveting. But what makes the show great is that it's about the people and the dramas behind the cases. So you won't hear a lot of annoying legalese, but you will hear really great storytelling. Kelsey Padgett is a producer on More Perfect. Ellie Mistal is the show's legal expert. Kelsey and Ellie, welcome to The Big Listen. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Okay. So we've all taken some type of eighth grade civics class, maybe, and maybe they discuss the Supreme Court. So maybe we might know that it exists and there may be like nine people deciding all of our fates or something. But what was the impetus for the show? Why did you want to sort of drill deeper into uh, the highest court in the land? Well, we don't know anything about the Supreme Court. It's, uh, there was a statistic we put in one of the episodes. I think it was like two-thirds of people can't name all of the justices. Now, never mind that most Americans have no idea who the justices are. Two-thirds can't even name a single justice. Uh, I can't even name the one that just died. I honestly couldn't tell you any of their no, names. I, I can't um, even tell I don't know any. I either. <laughs> yeah, the only name of a judge I know is Judge Judy. Doesn't matter. It really came up because Jad uh, got curious about the Supreme Court. Jad Abumrad, who is the host of Radio Lab, one of the hosts. That's right. Creator of. Jad uh, Abumrad got interested in the Supreme Court. We had done some legal stories, but he asked the whole team to sort of go through the docket that was coming up in the next Supreme Court's term and to pick stories that we might pitch. And uh, Tim Howard, who was a producer at Radio Lab at the time, he pitched one about a case called Adoptive Couple v. Baby Girl. You know, it just seemed odd at first that this would even be a Supreme Court case. It seemed more like a, a straightforward custody case. Right. But when you dig in... Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Crusades. Text messages. State laws. Errors. Children. Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. And it is not straightforward at all. Apparently not. So let me walk you through it the way that I learned about it. You know, I specifically got addicted to Supreme Court stuff. I downloaded an app where I could listen to oral arguments as I went to sleep. Oh, boy, you're outing yourself. You're outing yourself so hard right Nerds. now. Oh Big boy. nerd. <laughs> so anyway, I got really excited about it, and Jad was still really excited about it. And we were trying to do more, more legal stories, more Supreme Court stories. And then it just, you know, evolved over time that, you know, maybe this should be its own thing. So obviously, there there is no shortage of cases for you guys to unpack. Uh, and I wonder how you're picking cases because like in this season, you covered cases like the landmark sodomy trial, Lawrence v. Texas, uh, basically rendered sodomy laws unenforceable. But then also some weird, obscure ones like Baker v. Carr, which is a super sexy case about redistricting from the 60s. Now, on the surface, Baker versus Carr was about districts and how people are counted in this country. Mm. And this is one of the most basic ways that political power gets assigned in America. Yeah, like, you know, as populations grow in size, that growth should be reflected in the number of Congress people that are representing them. But at that time in Tennessee... Tennessee hadn't changed its legislative districts. Its last reapportionment was in 1901. Since 1901. 
which was 60 years. 60 years earlier. Well, this created big problems for urban areas. Like Memphis, because in those 60 years, people had moved to the cities in droves. And rural areas were getting smaller. And so but the Tennessee state legislature had refused to update its count, and it was still giving more representation to those rural areas. In Tennessee, um, the figure was 23 to 1. Another reason that, like, we were drawn to Supreme Court cases is that in order to have a Supreme Court case, you have to have standing. So the thing has to have, like, happened to somebody or, you know, be at stake for that person. So, Mm -hmm. so many of the cases come down to a person versus, you know, the state or a state Mm -hmm. versus a person or a person versus a person or a state versus a state. So there's always a story uh, at the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you can go to that person and be like, you know, tell us your life story. The, the actual Supreme Court case is only the final snapshot. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that has led us to having this one-hour oral argument in front of these eight or nine people, right? To the extent that we can focus on everything that led to the case, that's a more compelling story than just what the final decision is. I think the way that you illustrated it in the Imperfect Plaintiff episode was really good because we're looking back at a case that was 1998. Am I mistaken on that? The Lawrence v. Texas was in the late 90s. That sounds right. Okay, so come on in. I brought out my Lawrence versus Texas box of stuff. So I went to Houston uh, and I visited a guy named Mitchell Kateen. He's a lawyer there. And he showed me the arrest papers. He had the arrest papers for these two guys. J. Lawrence criminal. Officers observed the defendant engaged in deviant sexual conduct, charged with homosexual conduct. It's right there in writing. Yeah, I I mean, it's... It really is strange to see those words on a piece of paper. It seems like such an anachronism, but it was oh, not. Actual. It's not. And this is dated um, September 17th, 1998. Now, in 1998, Texas wasn't the only state that had this kind of law on the books. At least 13 other states also had an anti-sodomy law. And it's important to note that, you know, this law wasn't used very much. People were not arrested for this law. Because when would police be present in your home to observe you having sex? This is Dale Carpenter. I teach constitutional law, SMU Law School. I mean, sodomy laws weren't really about stopping anybody from having sex. They were really about ensuring that we could label people criminal. It was a label that people could point to. So that people who disapproved of homosexuality could say, look. The defining act of homosexuality, a crime. So if it's a crime and you commit the crime. Well, you're a criminal. It's a criminal statute. People can say you're a criminal, which then gives the state a legal basis to justify all sorts of housing discrimination, employment discrimination. Military, in every context, it had an effect. So the Supreme Court has been pretty hot in 2016. We've talked a lot about it um, with the death of Antonin Scalia and the fact that Obama's nominee for the seat, Merrick Garland, didn't even get a hearing. So, Ellie, I'm wondering if you can tell us how weird it is that we've had an eight-justice bench for like 10 months. Unprecedented. (laughs) There's no other potential nominee has gone this long without a hearing. It's completely, there's no historical doppelganger for the Senate simply refusing to consider right. a nominee for the president. I mean, it'd be one thing if they met with him and had a hearing and said, no, we don't like him. That would be one thing. That's happened before. 
you know, I'm old enough to remember a world where either presidential candidate saying that they had a litmus test for a Supreme Court justice would be an anathema. Right. That's that's wrong. That's not how it's supposed to go. This election cycle, both candidates rolled out there with like, well, I'm only going to choose a justice who agrees with me on this, this, this. Well, I'm only going to choose a justice who agrees with me on that, that, that. That's re- that's yeah. unprecedented in American history. The, the court has become so politicized and it's not supposed to be this political body. It's supposed to be these nine people who interpret the law. They say what the law is. They're trying to figure out what that thing is. And it's not supposed to be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, on this side of the political leaning. Mm-hmm. So I think the law mm-hmm. is this. So 2017 is probably going to be a pretty big year for the Supreme Court. And I have no idea what's on the docket, but just because we will have a new Supreme Court justice, um, what do we need to pay attention to on the Supreme Court side of things in 2017? A couple things. Actually, 2017 is not going to be a huge year for the Supreme Court because they had to already figure out what cases they were taking. And they were taking cases when they were an eight-person body. Oh, yeah. So they weren't taking like big, big, big things. Right. So they really kind of avoided a lot of the hot button issues that they had been getting into in previous terms. Um, 2018 is going to be when the empire strikes back. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. So we have a year. We have a year of like chill and then it's going to get bad. Um, All right. So, Kelsey, give me uh, give me the hot take for season two. What's in the offing for uh, for more perfect in 2017? So we are looking at a lot of things that really speak to how much power do you have as a citizen? You know, who is the full citizen with the full rights? A lot of the episodes we're looking at that this theme sort of runs through it. And cases that like a majority of people would say was a bad case. This was decided poorly and we don't like this. Looking and seeing like why that is and what will happen with those sorts of cases. Great. Well, we'll uh, we'll put our ears on that when it comes out. Kelsey Padgett and Ellie Mistal from Radio Lab presents More Perfect from our pals at WNYC. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us on the Big Listen, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Kelsey Padgett and Ellie Mistal are two of the folks behind the podcast More Perfect from WNYC. To find out more about their show, check out our website, biglisten.org. Now it's time for the tiniest break ever, but when we return, we'll listen back to some of my favorite moments of 2016, like that time we got Oprah to come on The Big Listen. Wink. I just spoke to her assistant, Uh and Oprah can do this coming Monday (laughs) in LA, so we're going to meet Oprah. Are you kidding me? No. Oh my gosh. That's up next. Stay put. This is NPR. You might have noticed lately, if you're into reading podcast listicles, that NPR podcasts are popping up all over the place on lists from iTunes, New York Times, Vulture, and more. So if you want to find out what all the cool kids are listening to these days, go check out the NPR One app or visit npr.org slash podcasts and find them all there. Enjoy. This is The Big Listen, and I'm Lauren Ober. This week, we asked you, our very attractive listeners, for your favorite shows of 2016. Hi, Lauren Ober. And we got a seven-minute message 
from this very avid podcast listener. Um, my name is Lulu Miller. I'm calling you from Charlottesville, Virginia. And um, I just saw your tweet about Save Podcast of 2016 and 19. We've got a 19-way tie. Yeah, so here it is. Maybe in, so- in song form if, if it happens. We've got... Love me from the CBC. This is love me. Which is sort of about love, but also about loneliness. There's wordplay. There's such great sound design. It kind of makes you want to cry. Code switch. On this episode of Code Switch. Help me reframe this really confusing time on Earth politically embedded. This is embedded. Holy crap, that's some deep reporting takes you places you might never go to south sudan with msf snap judgment really got into snap this year not sure what took me so yes that was lulu miller host of the show invisibilia singing us her 19 favorite shows of 2016 and no we don't have time to play all 19 because we have our own stuff to take care of here but if you really want to know We've got them all listed on our website, biglisten.org. We'll also put the voicemail up there just in case you have seven extra minutes you want to burn in your day. Now, as you could glean from Lulu's epic voicemail, 2016 was a banner year for podcasts. There was so much great stuff out there. And as such, we at The Big Listen have gotten to talk to so many great guests about all the cool stuff they're making. We're pretty lucky over here at TBLHQ. So we thought it would be fun to hop in our Wayback Machine and take a look at some of our favorite Big Listen moments from the past year. Now buckle up and don't disturb the driver. It's a case that defied logic then and now. It is a crime that has both captivated and frustrated Minnesotans for the On the outskirts years. of his hometown of St. Joseph, a young boy's mysterious... It's the most feared type of abduction, one by a complete stranger. No ransom note, no contact. What happened to Jacob Wetterling? True crime is a reliably popular podcast genre. And now there are like a million of them. Thank you, Serial. But not all true crime podcasts are equal or even good. In the Dark from APM Reports, however, is exceptional. It's about the disappearance and murder of an 11-year-old boy in rural Minnesota in the late 80s. But more than that, it's about the knock-on effects the crime had on the nation's criminal justice system. In this clip, reporter Madeline Barron and producer Samar Freemark talk about the importance of holding police accountable in the wake of a failed investigation. After Jacob was kidnapped, everyone, the media, law enforcement, neighbors, talked about how surprising it was that a crime like that could happen here, in this quiet, rural place. The kind of place where you don't expect a child to be kidnapped at gunpoint. Considered to be America's quiet and safe heartland. has struck One night, one awful event has robbed this town of its innocence. The implication was that the agency in charge of investigating Jacob's disappearance, the Stearns County Sheriff's Office, had never worked a case like this before. A case so mysterious and terrifying. But that wasn't true. Jacob's kidnapping wasn't the first big case the Stearns County Sheriff's Office had dealt with. And it wasn't the first big case they'd failed to solve. The Jacob Wetterling case was just one in a long line of failed investigations. 
What I hope is that by looking back, like by us looking back and looking at what could have been done differently, that people will learn from this. Because when you think about it, it's, you know, there's a reluctance to do that for law enforcement. Like, you know, this idea that, well, law enforcement got stuck with this really tough case and, you know, look, like you wouldn't want to get stuck with it. So they're doing the best they can. But we don't do that for any other type of job in this country. Yeah, we we talk about a lot how in cases like this, these cold cases are really long cases. The way we talk about those as a society is we blame the failure to solve something on the genius of the criminal. And in, in many of these cases... We're arguing, I think, that that it's worth sort of shifting the focus a little bit and taking a look at the people whose jobs it is to solve these cases and what they did and didn't do. Right, right. There were so many things that were bonkers. I mean, the, when as we're talking, I'm thinking about some instances like this man who confessed recently. Uh, when they when the police initially went to talk to him and search his stuff inside the house, they find black boots, camouflage pants two radio scanners, and several locked trunks. Inside one of the trunks is a photograph of a boy in his underwear and another photo of a boy coming out of a shower with a towel wrapped around him. I can't tell you anything more about what those photos looked like because law enforcement doesn't have them. During the search, Heinrich objected to the officers seizing the photos. According to documents filed last year, he told them the photos, quote, just didn't look right. So law enforcement let him keep the photos. And Heinrich later burned them. What I like about the show is that it isn't just about the horrific crime. There's no rubbernecking on the gory details. It's actually about the repeated failures of law enforcement and the unintended consequences of efforts to keep children safe. So it's a special kind of true crime podcast where you actually learn something. Up next in my favorite Big Listen moments of 2016 is a bit of my conversation with Andrea Salenzi, host of YOY from Panoply. The show is all about dating and relationships in our digital age, but it's more than that. It's really a celebration of human awkwardness expressed through a mix of fact and fiction. Really, you just have to listen to it to get it. Dating is awkward. No one's ever themselves. The whole setup feels artificial. Well, I mean, uh, I'm David. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, as we've uh, met before. Yes, but I was also meeting a lot of guys that night. Fair enough. Yeah. I asked Andrea why she decided to do a show about dating, of all things. Well, this show existed before on a community radio station called WFMU in Jersey City, New Jersey. And when I was doing it then, I was pretty bored with my job and I was pretty lonely in my life. <laughs> like, I had... I didn't. I just moved to New York, and I didn't have my people yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that the show became a way that I found my people. It became an excuse for catching up with friends. It gave me something to kind of talk about, something that helped me tell my story, and something that made dating feel less lonely. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you go on a bad date, and you get home, and you're just thinking, I wish I had someone to tell this to. Right. Like, where's my boyfriend to come home and tell the story <laughs> right. of this bad right, date right, to? Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, But, you know, I think there is a lot of pressure for young women to talk about their dating lives. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? So Roxane Gay, the author of Bad Feminist, has this amazing quote about how women feel like they've only been given permission to be experts on themselves. And I think that that's why memoirs are more often written by women. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you look at online content, there's a lot of those my personal story essays that a lot of female writers 
have pressure to release. So Mm. it came to me naturally talking about my life, talking to my friends and family about what was going on in my dating life. Looking back, I feel like I might have just been imitating what I was seeing online without feeling like I was allowed to launch a show about astrophysics, launch a show about stories from history. And I wonder... You were resigned to have a show about dating because you're a lady. What will people take me seriously about? Well, they probably are interested in what's going on in my pants. So let's just do my... (laughs) Here we go. I mean, I guess who isn't, really? (laughs) The breakup only took 10 minutes. You said, how does a relationship work if you know it's going to end? I said, but what if you change your mind? We've been having the conversation in different ways for a while, but never this calm. I noticed your fly was down. I patted your knee like a chum. We're not going to make it, are we? Suddenly, we felt like buddies. I went into the next room to try to find a new apartment. I emailed a broker, seeking a dog-friendly room to cry in. Crossed out, room to cry in. Wrote in, studio. You came into the study to check on me, and finally noticed your fly. You said, has it been this way the whole time? We were both too sad to laugh. A rash spread around my neck. The movers came. I hugged you in the morning, your body suddenly stiff like an ironing board. I still keep a list on my phone of all the stuff I want to tell you about. Oof, sorry. Uh, I just have something in my eye right now. Just one second. Hold on. Okay. Okay, I'm good. So not all YOY episodes are that heavy. In fact, most are pretty breezy. But we're all adults here. We can handle some emotional realness accompanied by some manipulative music, right? The last Big Listen Best of 2016 that we wanted to share with you is something I cannot stop talking about. Seriously, my friends are so tired of hearing me gab about this. Well, sorry I'm not sorry. I love making Oprah from WBEZ so much. So much. Now, we all know that Oprah is an unprecedented TV success. She's called the most influential woman in America, I know. But how did she do it? The podcast is a three-part documentary looking at the rise of The Oprah Winfrey Show, which began airing nationally 30 years ago. Yes, friends, this is a public radio show about daytime television. So, news. Yes. That's my producer, Colin. He'd spent a couple of months trying to book one particular interview for this project. And finally, he had some news. Uh, we have Oprah. Okay, my... (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. I just spoke to her assistant. Uh And Oprah can do this coming Monday (laughs) in L.A. So we're going to meet Oprah. Are you kidding me? No. So that's happening. Yay! Her story so closely, in some ways, mirrors my mother's story. Uh, My mother was also uh, raised in rural Mississippi, Yazoo mm -hmm, City, mm -hmm. and she moved to Detroit when when she was about eight or nine years old. She's a little older than Oprah, about a decade older than Oprah. Mm -hmm. And so some of the opportunities um, that Oprah was able to take advantage of weren't available for my mom. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, my mother sort of pointed to her. You know, she would say, you have the gift of gab. 
You know, <laughs> you can do that. You can mm-hmm. do that. You can do that. So there is a genuine admiration and excitement about talking to someone yeah. who's been held up as a model of success to you your entire yeah. life. You know, and and so that, yeah, it was it was genuine. Uh, and we, you know, we went I, back and forth about, did we put that in? But yeah, <laughs> when we were putting this together, we were like, it'd be amazing if we got Oprah, but it doesn't necessarily have to have Oprah mm-hmm. in it because we have all these interviews with all these other people that are really, really great, that people that worked on the show. And Jen was like, look, if you get Oprah for this thing, um, you're going to be on my Christmas card list. We're going to, for the rest of your life, we're going to sit on a front porch when we're like in our 80s and we're going to go. <laughs> you have a built-in babysitter, Colin, right now. You just, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, for, for life. I, that was one of the promises I made too. I was like, anytime. <laughs> that yeah. is so You want to go anywhere, you bring that baby it to me. It all worked out. <laughs> so great. Oh my God. Um, well, so I, I, I thought, you know, when I finished um, the three-part series that, you know, I would look under my chair and there would be something there from Oprah. Like, you know, you get a podcast, you get a podcast, you get a podcast. I was really looking forward to something like I thought it would just be like I'd look under the chair of my, you know, seat in my car and there'd be something there. But there wasn't. feel a little disappointed about that, guys. But we will have extra content. So the, there will be like a podcast <laughs> version of that, sort of. I mean, we I mean, we have so much audio mm. lore and it's just I'm sure crazy. Like people were so I think it was such a cathartic experience. People, for the people were crying. We they were crying. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They were like, we want to talk about this. And yeah. so we ended up with all this extra content. So we will have some extras little mini-sodes coming out uh, over the next few weeks, which is which will be fun to produce. So go check out those mini-sodes making Oprah and see if you don't end up loving the queen of daytime talk as much as I did. Now, remember our pals Buck and Don Ballard from the top of the show? They're the father-son podcasting super duo who co-host the Trucking Podcast. How could you forget? Anyway, they spend a lot of time in their trucks. So that means there's a lot of time to listen to stuff. Now, I'm on the road all the time, so I'm on the road four days a week. I don't have a satellite radio, and radios and Freightliners are really garbage. So podcasting is pretty much it. So what's Buck listening to? Don't keep us in suspense. My behind-the-microphone hero, I I hate to admit this in public, but I will. It is Don Imus. I download Don Imus' radio show every morning. Imus in the morning. Love the I-man. I wish I could be as funny and as sarcastic as that old cooch is. He cracks me up. I do listen. Planet Money has some cool stuff. I'll catch Planet Money. Uh, Outside of that, I do listen to some Adam Carella stuff. Uh, Some self-improvement things, and there's also some uh, Christian studies that I listen to online that... uh, I can get in podcast form, and those are pretty cool, too. Buck also listens to the Survival Podcast with Jack Spierko and something called the Horse Radio Network, the voice of the horse world. This is the Horse Radio Network. They have a show called the Stable Scoop Radio Show, which is clearly my soon-to-be favorite show of all time. Well, I'm going to go have a listen to that right now. But after this break, we're going to check in with our newly appointed foreign correspondents to see what we should be putting our ears on in 2017. You know, when you're walking down the street or or you're in a crowd and there's people all around you and sometimes you think, like, you know, what is happening inside, inside their head? And this podcast, I think, kind of 
gives you access to that experience of being in someone else's head. That's coming up so soon. Don't go anywhere. This is NPR. Are you frantically jotting down the name of every single show we talk about on The Big Listen? Well, put down that pencil because I've got great news for you. We've already written it all down for you and wrapped it up with a bow in our weekly newsletter. So just go to our website, biglisten.org, and hit the button under my face that reads, Get the Newsletter. Now, speaking of bows, tis the season to think about giving. So how about you support your local public radio station and kick them some cash for the holidays? Seriously, your public radio station is making this show happen. And we need to thank them for that. With money. Tell them the Big Listen sent you. They'll be totally tickled and you will love that warm, fuzzy feeling. Thanks. Hi, this is Nick Anderson. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, and my favorite podcaster 2016 is Brave Little State, produced out of Vermont Public Radio. It's a show that takes the idea that listeners have questions that want to be answered and does a really great job bringing listeners along in the exploration of answers. And what is your question? My question is, why are our utility bills so high in Vermont? And what the heck are all those obscure line items and charges on our gas bill and our electric bill? It takes a simple idea and produces it with an elegant uh, beauty that really makes me a non-resident and never resident of the state of Vermont feel like I know a little bit more about a state I've never lived in. Thanks. Hey, pals. Welcome back to The Big Listen. I'm Lauren Ober, and I want you to tell me about your favorite podcast of the 21st century. Call us on the pod line and give me the hot scoop. The number's 202-885-POD1. I will not rest until I hear from you. So normally this is the part of the show called Listen Up, where we grill your favorite pod people about what they're listening to. Well, this week we have a very special treat for you. Please allow me to introduce the Big Listen's very first foreign correspondents. Woo! Yay! We're branching out. Willkommen bei O2. Okay, wait, hold on. No, sorry. I got to get them on the line first. That was like crazy hold music in German. In a memento. Okay, so one of our foreign correspondents is in Sydney. And one of them is in Berlin. And I am just a dodo in Washington, D.C., trying to figure out a newfangled technology called the telephone. Hello? Hi. Oh, my God, there are three of us? (laughs) Yeah, we're all here. Wow. Okay, (laughs) that's kind of remarkable. We did it. We sure did do it. So Amy and Kate Sherrington are sisters. My name is Kate Sherrington. Um, I live in Sydney, Australia, and I am one of the auditors. Yeah, I'm Amy Sherrington, and I am the other part of The Auditors, and I live in Berlin. They are podcast obsessives, so much so that they write a newsletter and a website called The Audit, where they astutely review podcasts. It's very good. I recommend checking it out. So not unlike our trucking friends, Buck and Don, the Sherrington sisters use their newsletter and website project as a way to keep in touch. We sort of, like, discover together, and we, we have this 
WhatsApp group called Sister to Sister. Amy, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Don't tell the radio that our WhatsApp group is called Sister to Sister. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> like the old, like the girl band. Or like the old TV show. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. Just, yeah, I just need to process that for a second. <laughs> okay, so I could laugh about that WhatsApp group name for ages. And trust me, if you let me, I would. But that is not why we invited them on the show. I want to know from you guys what we should be, because I don't want to look back. Because 2016, like, we're done. Like, yeah. I am finished with that year. I am ready to plow ahead to 2017. And I want to know what we should be listening to in 2017. Do you guys have some picks for me? We do. We do have some picks. Yes. Okay, this is great. We have been very carefully assembling what we think people need to listen to in 2017. Okay. This is not a comprehensive list. This is a short list. There's a lot of stuff we should all be listening to in 2017. But yes, we have we have some ideas. Uh, so how about we start with our friend in Europe, Amy? Yes. <laughs> how about you? You hit us with one pick. Okay. So I'm going to start with a podcast called Terrible. Thanks for asking. Um, and this is a fairly new podcast. I think it's uh, from American Public Media. It's hosted and written by Nora McEnany. And it's kind of basically um, she's navigating the sort of grief and uh, of losing her unborn child, her husband and her father in quick succession. I was just about to say, Amy, I want to like just introduce the caveat here that like that sounds so depressing. Um, and, and, and it's not. It's really, it's really not depressing. It's funny and, and it's really warm like it's it can be dark but it's really it's not as as grim as it sounds <laughs> no so yes it sounds kind of super depressing but it's not it's it's really warm and it's darkly funny i never knew really what grief looked like we're very very good at hiding it compartmentalizing it experiencing it in private mostly you are of course allowed to actively grieve during a wake funeral, a burial. Perhaps you can keen over your husband's dead body, post a few sad status updates, write a blog post. But did you know that grief isn't just crying? That grief isn't just like a facial expression or a physical act? Did you know that a grieving person can do a lot of things like laugh and go to movies and grocery shop and raise a child all while bleeding to death internally? Well, now you know, so you won't be surprised when it happens to you. Terrible thanks for asking uh, from American Public Media. All right, great pick. We're starting off hot. Kate, can you give us another pick to, to match your sisters? Yeah, but it's it's kind of different, and it's a lot um, smaller, but I'm, I'm backing it. So this is a show called Random Article. It's hosted by Mae Jasper, who is this totally delightful... Um, Australian. She is a researcher. And so the premise of the show is that May hits the random article button on Wikipedia and then she goes digging on whatever turns up. Now, I am super excited because today's topic is syndesmica. Syndesmica was the first topic that I ever got. And I'll be honest, if I had not fallen headlong into a deep and powerful obsession about syndesmica, this show would not exist. But when I first found it, you know, this is all in the future. I didn't even know what syndesmica was. 
Sindesmika is a moth genus. So this is a recording of me when I first found the topic back at the end of 2014. And the words I'm saying there are moth genus. Sindesmica is a type of moth, as in not a butterfly but a moth, and genus, as in not a species but a genus. It's a type of insect. It is here placed in subfamily Dicomeridinae of family Gelechidae, though some authors assign it to the Autostachinae, which belongs elsewhere in the Gelechidae. So you hear that little huh at the end? That huh is because that was the whole article. Those two sentences. Sindesmica is... Okay. All right. So that woman, May Jasper, seems like I like need to be friends with her. I mean, what an amazing yes. idea just to scroll through random articles in Wikipedia and then do stories about them. Genius. Totally. Yeah, it is genius. And it's also, it's a little, it's a really little independent show. And for something that is is so tiny, the, the scope and the quality of it is like really on point. So yeah, it's impressive. All right. Kudos, Australia. Um, all right, Amy, hit us. Hit us with something. All right, I'm coming back. Um, so the next one I'm going to talk about is The Untold. It's another kind of uh, really intimate up close and personal documentary style podcast and it's not necessarily a new podcast in 2017 but Kate and I talked about it and we kind of consider it to be fairly underrated outside of the UK. Um, It's from BBC4 and it's presented by Grace Dent who is a food writer in the UK and she has this really enchanting northern accent. Yeah it's heaven. Grace Grace Dent should, should narrate everything. Yes. So, DJ Derek is a 74-year-old white man. He's a retired accountant. At one point, he worked for what was the Fry's Chocolate Factory. But in the 1980s, he quit that life and he moved to Bristol's St Paul's area. St Paul's is an inner-city area with a large Afro-Caribbean population. But here... Derek felt truly at home. He played his music at parties, he made a lot of friends, he became a Bristol celebrity. But last summer, he vanished. Basically the idea is that they're showcasing stories from modern Britain um, and kind of like untold dramas in this documentary style. So that's The Untold from our friends at the BBC Radio 4. Um, We will check that out. Uh, Also, seems seems not super peppy. all right, so Kate, what do you got? I have one, have one um, that also is that kind of intimate documentary style, but a little bit of a different angle. It's called Everyone Else. Everyone Else. Also, Amy is not totally convinced about this one, but I. So I'm going to pitch it to you, Lauren, and I'm going to pitch it also to her again because it's one of my favorite new shows of, of 2016. It's an independent British podcast, it's a collaboration. Like, the premise is what I love. It's a collaboration between a a photographer and a radio producer. And together they produce these anonymous portraits of strangers. So for each episode, there'll be a photograph kind of depicting the person and then an accompanying radio piece. I was, like, misbehaving in school. I was 10 years old, just really having a difficult time with listening to adult instructions, you know what I'm trying to say? So I just, I was just rebellish. I was just rebellious, sorry, not rebellish, rebellious. The way it makes me feel is like, you know, when you're walking down the street or, or you're in a crowd and there's people all around you and sometimes you think, like, 
what's going on in that person's life? Like that person is a person like me, you know, what is happening inside, inside their head. And this podcast, I think kind of gives you access to that experience of being in someone else's head. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. You've kind of like twisted my arm a bit there, but I think, I think the reason I'm not so into it is I, I like the narrator's voice and I like to, I like to hear a position and kind of like drift along and, but have someone guide me. And I, I get kind of attached to the, the podcast narrators and the story. And All right. So with, with uh, the podcast, everyone else, a little bit of uh, disagreement in the Sherrington household, but it's okay because, because everyone's playing nice. Um, it's healthy. It's healthy. Amy, what do you got? Okay. So um, this one is, okay, this is not a new podcast either. Don't hate me. Um, <laughs> but okay. So I'm going to talk about Who Weekly. And it's become recently quite popular in 2016. Uh, I think it was featured in the New York Times Best New Podcast list for 2016. Yeah. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about all the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is Who's There of whatever week this is. Wow. Another oh, great opener. Worse. I'm getting worse at it. <laughs> another great opener from your favorite <laughs> podcast. Come on. So if you haven't heard it, the main idea behind this sort of podcast is um, about dividing the celebrity world into who's and thems. So Kim and Kanye are thems and the Rita Ora's of this world are who's. (laughs) Here is my ranking of the Trump children from them to who. And it's a really interesting ranking. We're going to start with Ivanka Trump. She is the them because she is the most... Uh, outward facing. She's basically one of the faces of the Donald Trump campaign for president. Why? Because if you had if you had said to me who is Donald Trump's kid literally a year ago, I would have said Ivanka Trump and I would have not been able to name any of them. Right. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. And once you start, you can't stop. I love this. I love this. Yeah. It's it's essential listening. Like I never I think they do two two episodes a week and i never miss it all right who weekly um hosted by bobby finger and lindsey weber we'll check it out all right so kate do you have a third wreck so i wanted to talk about a brand brand new podcast um the brits are dominating again here it's called brexit means now naturally people want to know what brexit will mean Brexit means Brexit. Brexit means Brexit. Brexit means Brexit. Brexit means Brexit. Brexit means breakfast. Breakfast. Brexit. So in closing, I'd simply say this. Brexit means Brexit. Hello. This is a new podcast from from The Guardian, who have emerged as a bit of a force in audio over the last couple of years. This is obviously a bit more of a sort of newsy political angle. I think it's going to be... Really interesting listening, um, not just for for Brits, but for anyone who's kind of interested in um, this sort of isolationist policies that are emerging all over the world and wants to kind of think about what they mean and understand their real world implications. Um, well, listen, you guys, you, you really nailed it with your picks. <laughs> um, I think that these are I think we have some great things to look forward to in 2017. Um, we can we can leave 2016 in the rearview mirror. We can yeah. we can delete our podcast playlist, maybe except for the big list. <laughs> uh, and then we'll start anew. We'll start fresh. The, these will be the start of our brand new um, podcast queue for 2017. Yeah. So Amy and Kate Sherrington, the 
auditors in Berlin and uh, in Sydney, Australia. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. It's our absolute pleasure. We are braced for 2017. Sister to sister, (laughs) what's up? (laughs) Amy, what have you done? I'm sorry, I just had to. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Our foreign correspondents, sisters Kate and Amy Sherrington, are the auditors. You can get more information about their excellent newsletter and website at biglisten.org. Would you believe it if I told you that this podcast is a weekly thing that can just get zoomed into your playlist every single week without you lifting a lazy finger? Well, like one finger, just to hit the subscribe button. Details. Go to iTunes or NPR One or any fine purveyor of podcasts to subscribe. As always, we love us some listener feedback. So like us on Facebook and or follow us on Twitter. We're at Here Big Listen. That's H-E-A-R Big Listen. So follow us. Our electronic mail address is biglisten at wamu.org. Also, zero people sent us holiday cards. If you need me, I'll just be sobbing quietly in the corner. Looking for show notes with all the links to this week's featured shows? We'll hit up biglisten.org. It's all there. Or subscribe to our official newsletter. There's a link on our website. The show today was produced, mixed, and edited by Jacob Fenston. I, Lauren Ober, was trying to decipher the lyrics of Old Lang Syne. Special thanks to our own baby new year, Beck Feldhouse Adams, and, <laughs> and my best guy, Hans Anderson, for helping out. David Schulman composed the theme music. Other music in the show came from Army Navy, the band, not the store. The Big Listen is the brainchild of boss lady Annie McDaniel and her boss man, J.J. Yore, and is produced by WAMU and distributed by NPR in Washington, D.C., capital of America. And now a final thought from Buck and Don Ballard, hosts of the Trucking Podcast. I have an important question for you guys, which is if I pass you on the road and I give you the universal sign for toot your horn, will you blow the air horn for me? You know, if there's kids in the car, I always do. What if it's just me? Like, what if it's just like an adult woman just like, toot your horn? Will you toot your horn? Come on. You know, I I get a, a real joy out of tooting my <laughs> air horn. It, it brings a smile to my face. I don't care who it is. If, if I'm <laughs> able to, or even if legally I'm not supposed to, I probably still will give that thing a yank just because it, it makes me feel like I'm about 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great because it makes me feel about 10 years old to hear it. So the feeling's mutual. Well, pals, a happy and healthy new year to you from all of us here at The Big Listen. Till next time. Hey, Don, yeah. let's let's throw one in uh, in unison and they can have their choice. So three, two, one. Keep, Keep listening, listening, America. America.